0: The following is a Spirit Street production.
1: You've discovered your link to the Power Cat Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor.
2: It's the Power Cat Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your
3: host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. This will be your normal Tuesday edition as we go podcast every day of the week. A lot of audio is going to be shared on GoParacat.com this fall, this sports season. And this is what we will now call our Sources podcast. We talk to the people and we share with you what they say. We'll have guests on this podcast as we advance down the road a little bit, but today we're going to stick with audio from coach press conferences, and on uh, Monday, we got to speak with the defensive coaches, that's the four position coaches, and not defense coordinator Scotty Hazelton, who will be up on Friday with the media, and then in the second half of this podcast, we'll pull out some of the good quotes from Chris Kleiman at his Tuesday press conference, as that will be his normal day for press conferences when he meets with the media throughout the season. The big news coming out of Monday was it looks like they're set on a nickelback at Kansas State. Now Jerron McPherson, a junior college transfer out of Baser, Kansas, that has really kind of come on strong now that he's healthy and ready to go in fall practice. And according to Joe Klanderman, the safeties coach, the nickelback spot probably belongs to McPherson. And let's take a dive into that topic. But first, he's going to talk about his safeties and where McPherson fits in.
4: Right now, it's Denzel, Goolsby, uh, Wayne Jones, and Jeron McPherson as the nickel. Um, But, I mean, it's interchangeable parts by and large. I mean, you'll see John Alexander in there with that group a little bit. You're going to see John Durham in there with that group a little bit. You may even see Ross Elder in there. So those would be the top six in my mind right now. Then he delved
3: into Jeron McPherson more specifically with why he's earned that spot.
4: He's, he's a really good uh, player in man technique, which at, at, at our nickel spot with what we do, that's something that's going to be very important. And uh, really slippery blitzer, uh, really understands what we're doing. Great communicator, I meaning total package. Good stuff from Joe Klanderman there. And Van Malone also had something to say about
3: Jerron McPherson, kind of a hybrid player, fits that nickelback spot pretty well for Kansas State. And, of course, Van Malone coaches the cornerbacks.
0: He's done a great job. Uh, you know, when we had the opportunity to get him back healthy, that was one of the one of the positions that we uh, talked as a staff about getting him in there to be able to to play because of the, his ability to be able to play man, um, and then his ability to to be able to go into fit into the box and and tackle. Uh, he provides just what what Walt provided at that position. And of course, he's talking about
3: Walter Neal there, the guy who was. Nickelback for most of last season under Bill Snyder now is one of the starting cornerbacks. We'll get a little bit more from Coach Malone on Walt in just a bit, but let's go back to the safety spot where that spot, of course, is led by Denzel Goolsby and who doesn't love Denzel? He was out much this spring also with an injury but now he is back. He is focused and he's kind of a quiet leader for this bunch.
4: He's just a real calming force, Denzel is. I mean, he just, uh, he's been in the fight before and that's something that i worry about with wayne jones and john Alexander. those guys haven't been in the in a you know and played out there in front of fifty-three thousand, and they're going to respond fine i have no doubt in my mind but denzel has been in that and so just the way he takes care of his body the way he goes about his business the way he prepares his week you know uh, of preparation and just his routine is helping those guys immensely
3: but one of the stars of this year's fall camp in terms of defensive backs, has been a guy who really didn't get much opportunity last year, probably was good enough to play on a regular basis for Kansas State as a true freshman, and his name is Wayne Jones, and he sets a tone on that defensive backfield as the other safety, more of the strong safety, as Goolsby kind of plays more of the free, but they're interchangeable. Wayne Jones is a playmaker for Kansas State, and he will be for a very long time.
4: Well, he's got great, like, short area quickness. You know, just talking physical from a physical standpoint, great short area quickness, great um, snap to his body, I guess, for lack of a better thing. You know, he does uh, some of the run fit stuff really well. What really is putting him ahead of everybody else is just his, all, his knowledge of what we're doing and his ability to communicate what we're doing and his ability to get everybody on the same page. I bet if you asked anybody that's uh, on the field, you know, who, who do you look to on defense to get things going, I bet to a man they'd all say Wayne Jones. But, of course, Walter Neal has made a lot of this possible with moving around Jerron
3: McPherson, and Walt was the nickelback a season ago, as I mentioned. He is now opposite A.J. Parker as the starting corners, and there's a reason why Walt has moved
0: into that role. Here's Van Malone. It's a good situation, just like I've talked before, and Coach Hazleton and I have uh, gone round and round as to what is the best position for Walt to be able to help us the most. And it's, it's been corner, but uh, there'll be some packages in the future where we'll where we'll move him inside, uh, and then that'll give the opportunity for other guys to be able to play at corner I I think having great depth at that position is is vital, uh, especially in this league. And that depth is allowing Van
3: Malone to kind of parse up the leadership on the back end, a leadership that's mostly
0: coming by example. We're leading by by a group right now. Uh, AJ, of course, is a guy who goes about his business. He handle he, he's not a talking guy. You know, he really leads by example. So in that way, he does. Kevi Kevian McGee is a guy. He's more vocal, right? Lance Robinson's a little bit more vocal. Lance is a young guy, but he's played a lot and he's spirited and Enthusiastic. So there's a few guys in that room uh, who do a good job at the appropriate time of, uh, of, of, of stepping out and leading, and I, and I like it that way. I like it that way.
3: It's very interesting because this is the first time that Kansas State fans are going through a season or a preseason with two defensive back coaches. It's always been a practice in the past that one guy took all four or five positions, and honestly, it's a little bit overwhelming. It's what Joe Klanderman did last year or previous years at North Dakota State. Well, now that he's come into the Big 12 with all these passing offenses, Coach Kleiman has elected to hire two defensive back coaches, and I think it's probably essential for success against these passing offenses. Klanderman coaches the safeties, Van Malone coaches the corners, but it is all one secondary, and Joe Klanderman talked about
4: the chemistry that's going on in the back end of the defense. It's awesome. Great group of guys. You know, I, we grind our butts off in there, and uh, I mean, there's we're the quarterbacks of what's going on back there. I mean, every piece of communication comes through us, and so they really have to have a global understanding of what we're doing, and, and and they love it. They eat it up. You know, I've been in you know around some people that just they love to play, but they don't love to prepare. These guys love to prepare, and that's fun for me as a coach. Between you and Dan, I mean, is this going better than you could have ever anticipated, starting from ground zero? Yeah, it just allows you to be much more detailed with everybody you know at north dakota state i coached all four and every minute you spend coaching the corners you're not coaching the safeties on something and you know we we're, me and van are on the same page with a lot of the things that we're doing and and uh you know the things like i said run through the communication of our guys and if they can communicate with each other we'll be on the same page we'll be fine It's very interesting how
3: they're using the nickelback. The nickelback technically is in the linebacker room, but now they're referring to him clearly as a defensive back. So I think that might evolve a little bit in how they want to uh, approach the nickelback position, more of a hybrid safety linebacker, or go back to what Kansas State's done in the past with a hybrid safety corner that uh, has to be good enough to cover and big enough to hit or strong enough to hit, and we'll see how that pans out. But Jerron McPherson, as we mentioned, has moved into that nickelback spot. Now, one more topic here as we wind up the secondary portion of this Sources podcast. The way K-State is going to attack defenses from the back end of the defense is intriguing because, of course, as K-State fans know, it's been a bend-but-don't-break, very passive, a lot of zone coverage, uh, very soft zone coverage, wanting teams to have to go through a lot to move down the field. No big plays, try to create a turnover, but don't take a lot of chances. Well, Van Malone says that is about to change. His guys are going to be wanting to create turnovers on a
0: regular basis, and that's a topic I find very interesting. That's one of the things that, uh, in, in different places in my career, we've led the country, and we've been in the top ten in the nation in, in creating turnovers. So I think it's an attitude; it's continually pushing it, which our coaches do, and our players believing that that's something that they can be good at. And uh, and that's you know I think that's what we've seen throughout the course of fall camp is our guys going after the football, finding ways to create turnovers to get the ball back to our offense. So we'll just keep pushing it. We'll continue to drill turnover drills and we'll get excited when they when they create turnovers and uh, there'll be accountabilities when we when we don't
3: van malone is a guy who wants to wreak havoc with opposing offenses What coach doesn't, nobody really wants to coach the guys that just sit back and let pass completions happen. So he would prefer to get up on the line, be aggressive, make things happen with his cornerbacks. And that would tend to indicate that he wants to play a lot of man coverage, a lot of one-on-one coverage
0: on the outside. He feels like he has the tools to do it. Here's Van Malone. Well, we're aggressive. We're, we're mostly aggressive uh, because we, have, we feel like we have the ability to be aggressive. Uh, but you, you can't do that every play. So, so there'll be plays and there'll be situations where we're not in a press alignment. But um, we want to be aggressive. We want to be aggressive uh, 11 times out of eight. Joe Klanderman, on the other hand, who's a little bit more familiar
3: with what the defensive schemes are through Chris Kleiman, knows that there are real benefits to zone, and that prevents you from getting up there too often in press coverage. Here's Joe Klanderman on why they like zone.
4: Well, just trying to play uh, some more defenses where we have eyes on the football. You know whether that's, uh, you know, and that's not going to be an exclusive deal. But that's a that's a philosophical thing. Is we want to play with more eyes on the ball, which maybe equates to some more zone coverage um, at times. And uh, I think when you get more eyes on the ball, you get more people around the ball. When you get more people around the ball, good things happen. Well, that's the secondary from Joe Klanderman and Van Malone.
3: Let's move into the defensive line. Uh, A very nice group of players there that have greeted Buddy Wyatt at defensive ends and Mike Tuiasosopo at defensive tackles. They've got a lot of really, really good players. And it starts right in the middle with Trey Deshaun. Mike Tuiasosopo likes him an awful lot.
2: We're counting on him to to continue to be a great playmaker. And, uh, you know, he leads us with the way he works on the field. So when we're doing fundamentals, he's the guy that's leading the way. And we couldn't ask for a better leader than Trey DeJean because the younger guys are... They're seeing what the model looks like. And uh, you know, we're very, very fortunate to have him and along with Joe and and Jordan as our leaders, because those guys put their hard hat on every day and they come to work. And I have great appreciation for that. We'll get to Joe Davies
3: and Jordan Mitty as the guys that are going to man that other spot, most often opposite Trey Deshaun. But the question becomes, is Trey Deshaun a defensive tackle, or is he going to be lined up as the nose tackle? Here's Coach Tuya
2: Trey is is a very very smart player he can do either one uh, he can do the three technique and he can do the nose and so we're a little bit interchangeable that way he's got to be able to do both of them that way but we expect him to be an anchor in the middle we we expect him to be able to hold up uh, uh, against you know good zone teams good power teams we we expect a uh, great play of him
3: Well, Trey Deshaun is certainly the anchor in the middle for Kansas State defensively, but someone will have to start next to him, and that is a real legitimate battle right now in camp between Joe Davies and Jordan Mitty. Who will it be? Here's Coach once again.
2: Yeah, so far, I mean, you know, I would say they're probably uh, I would say they're probably even. You know, they understand their roles, you know, it's, you know, camp ain't over. We're still competing. Uh, it'll sort itself out here because at the end of the day, just like I've told them, production is what separates you.
3: Pretty good trio of senior defensive linemen there in the middle, but that brings a question what are they gonna do for added depth and try to get some guys ready there in the middle for seasons beyond this? Well, there are plenty of players that will line up and play. Some this season. Let's let Coach Tuyasopo go through the rest of the gang.
2: Drew Wiley is, is doing a wonderful job here in camp. Eli Huggins has made a move. You know, he's had, maybe he, he quite possibly could have had the best camp of the, the entire room. And then you have a young man like Jalen Pickle who's uh, really coming along. And a lot of it to me is just understanding. The play, because you know, I think uh, Coach uh, Wyatt alluded to man, that's, those are two different animals, you know, <laughs> the, the defensive ends and the inside tackles, and so uh, Jalen Pickles had a nice camp, and we're relying and counting on him to play.
3: Well, and that leaves six defensive tackles that Coach sopo has now listed. Uh, that's a long, long list. Typically, you would think of maybe three or four guys. And he just listed Jalen Pickle as a guy who's going to play. And I would guess that he is the sixth of that group. So that would indicate to me that they plan on rotating a lot of defensive tackles, something I would be a little bit reluctant to see. I want to see Trey Deshaun and Mitty and Davies out there as often as possible. But it's not about quantity, to Coach sopo It's about quality. I think you're going to see a lot of defensive tackles awkwardly running on and off the field this season as they switch out personnel during the course of any drive.
2: They're going to have to play a lot for a big guy to play seven, eight snaps in a series. That seems like a, you know a lot of snaps. You know, so you'd like to be able to get quality I'm interested in quality not quantity (laughs) and uh, you know what good is it for him to play 50 snaps a game if you're only getting 20 quality snaps out of them so my whole thing is our work is towards quality snaps playing at a high level high speed playing fast all the above and uh, that's kind of you know to answer your question maybe it's 30 snaps a game maybe 40 snaps a game but those guys have got to got to bring quality snaps Of course,
3: Coach there was talking mostly about trade to Sean, but that involves everyone and how they'll be used throughout the year at the defensive tackle spot very deep position for kansas state that's something that kansas state often has not had at defensive tackle it's a very difficult position to recruit but the previous staff did do a good job of stocking it up uh, as the time wore on that's a position they did a great job with that and we'll see if all six of those guys are indeed going to see meaningful playing time as the season goes on i would imagine it's going to get whittled down pretty quickly to about four guys let's move over to the defensive ends now and of course buddy wyatt uh, loves what he has, why wouldn't he? He might have the best two defensive ends as a combo, as a package in the Big 12, and it all starts with Wyatt Hubert, who has had one heck of a summer and comes in now as a potential dominant force in Big 12 play.
5: Uh, Wyatt is, uh, he has a total package. I mean, he is... uh very locked in, focused, Uh, he practices hard, has a great work ethic, Um, you know, he's uh, got good explosion, he's got good size, good strength, um, good flexibility, so, but he's a student of the game as well, so he's really, you know, he's a special player, Um, and not just in his play, but the way he prepares.
1: What do you see as the ceiling for him as a player here?
5: Oh, he he could be, I mean, they've had some good defensive ends here, he can be right up there with those
3: guys. Tip of the hat to John Kurtz there from KMAN Radio with the follow-up question. Wyatt Hubert is big time, but he's not alone in defensive end. Of course, he's got Reggie Walker. He's been dinged up a little bit this fall in camp, but he's back on the field doing his thing, and maybe he can become the type of player he showed to be earlier in his career before more was heaped on his shoulders with the loss of Jordan Willis to graduation, and he's now with the Bengals. Maybe having Wyatt Hubert down there will certainly help Reggie Walker. These are two really good defensive ends. Here's Coach Buddy Wyatt on Reggie Walker.
5: I just want Reggie to be the best he can possibly be. Um, if that's to be an all-conference player, that's to be an all-conference player. that could be all-American, that's an all-American. Uh, but we're going to take it one day at a time and continue to try to stack one good day on top of another like Coach Klyman talked about. Uh, and then at the end, we'll see where he, where he falls. If he's an all-American, that's great for him and that's great for this program
3: they're not alone at defensive end luckily Kyle ball is rattling around there as the third defensive end so he'll give them some immediate relief coming in off the bench and of course Bronson boom Massey is still stalking the sideline and able to come in to make some big plays here's coach Wyatt on the style of his DNs.
5: Uh, we want our guys to be very disruptive you know that's our the the more disruptive we are at the at the defensive end spot and the defensive line spot the better we're going to be on defense so we we want our guys to be very disruptive whether it's in the pass or in the run game, well, you got to make sure you know what your rush lanes are, and you got to be uh, fundamentally sound as far as your rush lanes go. You got to make sure if I'm a near shoulder rusher, I got to be a near shoulder rusher. If I'm a near foot rusher, I got to be a near foot rusher. So we can keep our
3: our lanes uh, intact, so we can't allow the quarterback to escape out the pocket. Let's bring this full circle now with tying together what Coach Sopo said about his defensive tackles and Coach Wyatt said about his defensive ends. These guys have to work together. They have to be one. They have to be on the same uh, wavelength throughout the season. And here's Buddy Wyatt on how the two positions complement each other.
5: It's, it's always good when you have experience uh, along the defensive line. I think those guys have played together a long time. They work very well together. They know each other's weaknesses and strengths. So I do think that they uh, you know, they complement one another. Uh, and I think uh, you know, there are certain skill sets inside that our, ki- our guys have to bring to the table uh, that uh, defensive ends don't have. And there are certain skill sets we have a defensive end that they don't have inside. Um, and we're able to blend and those guys together, and then we I think we can have something special. Well, that's the first
3: half of this week's Power Cat Sources Podcast as we talk to the people that you want to hear from about Kansas State sports and in this case Kansas State football. We will be back on the other side of this brief break as we talk to Coach Chris Kleiman. Tuesday's press conference beckons. I'm on my way there, and when I get back, we will put together the best of Chris Kleiman and my commentary that goes with it. We'll be right back. The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
3: Back to Fits of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fringe Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Camp Podcast, our sources edition, as we bring in the people you want to hear from. And in the second half of this week's sources podcast, we're going to go straight to Chris Kleiman's press conference. It happened earlier on Tuesday, and he met with the media and took on a bunch of different topics, but we're going to lock in on a few themes here as we go through Coach Kleiman's press comments. First of all, Coach Kleiman was asked about the fullback position. Of course, Adam Harder was injured earlier this fall in practice. It's a serious knee injury and he will be lost for the season. So that means someone else is going to probably have to take over that starting fullback role. And Coach Kleiman went on to point out that fullbacks and tight ends are pretty much interchangeable in this system. So that could lead to guys playing multiple positions and here's what he had to say about that.
1: Everybody that's a tight end is also to a fullback from from Leonard's to Logan Long to, to Blaze to Sammy to uh, Luke Soa. Um, you know we're we're throwing Jack Stineen in the mix as well. I mean there there's so many bodies back there that now Coach Mess is just you know we have the time. The, the it's unfortunate that that Adam was injured, uh, but you know it's not like it's happened two days before a game. So we have a number of guys that we'll keep rotating through. There's not going to be a set. Boy, you're the only thing you are as a tight end and the only thing you are uh, is is a fullback we have to continue to push the guys and see how much they can they can absorb and understand uh, to play multiple spots and so it'll be a revolving door there but a lot of guys are going to play too
3: then the press conference moved on to the quarterback position of course skylar thompson is the starter but who will be his backup nick ost or john holcomb it remains a mystery and it might remain a mystery for a while
1: we're still a ways away, to be honest with you, and that's going to probably continue to th- be throughout the fall. Uh, I've been pleased with Nick at times. I've been pleased with John at times. It's the consistency that they both have to, to bring to the table as well as the ability to take care of the football. That's what's going to be determined on who that backup quarterback is, and and it's a daily... Uh, evaluation for us. That's why we're still doing a lot of second and third down against uh, good on good, so to speak, or some seven on seven or some team periods, so that we still put those guys in the fire against um, some of the, the top line defenders we have, so that we can figure out who we feel most comfortable with, and that'll that'll be ongoing. We're not going to name a backup prior to week one. Um, it'll be between Coach Mess, Coach Klein, and I as we continue to evaluate on a week to week basis. Very interesting stuff. It could be situational, at quarterback.
3: This guy comes in if the game's in this situation. The other guy comes in in another situation. We'll see. Hopefully, Skylar Thompson can stay healthy, won't have a need for a backup unless the game's a blowout. Now, let's move on to another topic that I asked Coach about. We know a lot of freshmen are going to play under this new redshirt rule in which they can play four games or fewer and still maintain their redshirt. Guys did it last year. But will guys in this freshman class play more than four games and go ahead and burn that freshman season? Has the staff identified anyone in that position?
1: You know, we're still working through that. I think some of the freshmen have hit a little bit of a wall Uh, when you're talking. This is the third week of camp. They've probably played more football in three weeks of camp than some of them have for the last couple of years, especially the the intensity that we're playing with. So um, we're really pleased with, with all of them. There's still probably 8 to 12 that could help us somewhere along the line. If none of them play in game one, does that mean we won't play any of them the rest of the season? Not at all. Um, there's a few that are probably further along than others just because of, of what's between the ears and understanding what we're doing offensively and defensively. There's a number of them that have the ability to play right now, but mentally haven't maybe caught up to what we're doing schematically. That we got to understand that they're just freshmen. It's going to take a little bit more time for those guys to to, to really understand what we what we need them to do offensively and defensively. So uh, I think weekly we'll sit down as a staff and say, here's the guys that we're going to earmark to maybe help us out, whether it's on teams or offense and defense.
3: Now let's get a little bit deeper than just you know X's, nose positions, depth, those type of. Things. Things. D. Scott friction and myself kind of tag teamed on a couple topics here. D went earlier in the press conference. I went later, but the themes are very similar in how you put together a program, how the team is progressing. Are they getting it? And we start off here with a question from D Scott Pritchin about how the team is progressing so far in fall camp.
1: The guys are excited to go out and compete and, and play every day. I've been really, uh, really happy with the effort uh, on a daily basis to come out there and and and. and continue to try to improve they they know that they're learning something from our schemes every day they're learning something um from a coach from a coach every day on how to do a technique or um, you know it's all new to them that's the thing that i i've enjoyed it's all new to them so they're they're really sponges they want to continue to improve and get better and and they know that we're barely scratching the surface of what we're doing offensively and defensively and for us to stay on that trajectory um, to be where we want to be we have to continue each day to get better And, and they're excited to improve every day what
5: are one or two things specifically that you're most impressed with right now and what are maybe one or two biggest concerns right now?
1: Well, the one or two big, biggest concerns are us detailing things every day. I think broad broad perspective, understanding offense and defensive schemes. Uh, I think we're doing a great job and that's a positive, uh, but we have to continue to detail our work, detail a, a, an alignment, an assignment, detail a footwork, a hand placement, whatever it may be. Um, that That's where we still uh, have to continue to to try to push each other to be better because uh, uh, once again, I I like where we're at, but now it's just detail and whether it's a specific play, whether it's a technique um, in that not just offensively and defensively, but special teams as well. And and so um, we're we're by by no means ready to go, but um, I I like the enthusiasm and, and how eager the guys are to learn. North Dakota State, when
3: you took over, you inherited systems that were in place, a culture that was in place. Here, you kind of
1: started from ground zero. How how has that been... A challenge for you, and how's it progressing? Well, it's been fun because uh, you're you're trying to implement what you believe in and what you know, and what you know works into a uh, a culture where they've already had success and they've had tremendous leadership uh, from Coach Schneider when he was here, and so it's just flipping the switch and just trying to learn the way we do things uh, our staff does things and I've been fortunate because Scotty was a part of our staff at North Dakota State and Mess was there so you got the leaders on each side of the ball that that know what we're looking for uh, when I say we're looking for all of us as a staff we're all in this together of what we're looking for from how we do things and how we detail things not only at practice but more importantly in the walkthroughs and, and in the position meetings and in the unit meetings um, that's how you're building this culture and building the cohesiveness amongst the the units offensively and defensively is is those leaders you know and and i couldn't be more pleased with what coach hazelton and coach mess are doing to lead uh, their units and then on top of that we have such great assistance that have have tremendous knowledge tremendous experience and and coach hayes and coach mess are so good about saying okay i want to know what your guys's input is i i, I want to have your input and um, put your stamp on some things and and they're allowing that uh, to happen in those unit meetings and so um, it, it's a daily it's a daily grind and it's a and we're continuing to improve on a daily basis but uh, I, i'm so pleased with where we're at with the staff and, and how we've uh, come together and, and start to continue to build the culture. Some coaches move into a new program,
3: and you've got to really kind of retrain the culture. You've got all new systems. Maybe your personnel doesn't fit those systems. But you kind of walked in here with similar expectations, similar schemes, uh, although different way of going about mm-hmm. it. How, how's that as- assisted in this build?
1: Uh, I, once again, I don't know all the things that, that had transpired before. Uh, I think offensively. We probably shift trade motion a little bit more than what has been done in the past, um, but there's some gap scheme. There's some zone scheme. There's, uh, there's some continuity there of things offensively. I think defensively it's a little bit different um, with the things that Coach Hayes Uh, And I both believe in and um, the defensive staff, you know, we're more of a Tampa 2 system now as opposed to what they did in the past. You know, we're we're, in the past. It was more quarters based and now it's more um, two deep based and and more, um, you know, hard corners and stuff. And and it's in different blitz packages and things that that uh, uh, Coach Hayes and I have done throughout the years and, and dating back to when we were at North Dakota State. Um, that's different from what these guys did in the past you know and so when you're when you're a too high defense you're a too high defense and they were a too high before and we're still a too high now but it's just different ways of doing things and so and then you take that across the landscape of offense defense and special teams the terminology is just so different and so that's where we have to make sure and understand that you know what was a term last year could mean the same but it's here's what it's called this year and that's that's where we're still working through some things. And the guys have done a phenomenal job of of learning the terminology and utilizing it so that they're talking Coach Kleinerman's language in the back end of, of safeties rather than what was in the past. And that's always a work in progress. And finally, let's wrap up the podcast
3: with one more bit of sound from Chris Kleiman and my friend Tyler Griever over at WIW asked this question. As you walk into the Steel and Pipe Theater, Auditorium, whatever they call it, up on the left side as you face the front wall were the 16 goals. They are now replaced by two crossed-over pickaxes and the phrase pound the stone as Coach Kleiman continues to put his mark
1: on this Kansas State football program continuing to build on the great legacy that is Kansas State football, and Kansas State's got a tremendous tradition here, uh, built by Coach Snyder, and we're trying to continue to build upon that legacy. Uh, ben Newman's a guy that we've brought in here a, a couple of times as a as a performance coach, motivational speaker, that the guys have really uh, enjoyed, and, um, and and that's one of Ben's uh, models of Pound the Stone, that the guys have really uh, tapped into, and, and we'll continue to, to do that, and we'll continue to Find new ways to, to motivate guys and find new ways to uh, get guys to believe in, in, in the new era of Kansas State football.
3: Well, that's it for this week's Sources podcast. As the Go Power Cat team cranks out numerous podcasts throughout the week. Stay tuned for Wednesday when we have our questions podcast, the traditional original podcast. And of course, on Friday, we will have our overtime. And next week? Well, next week, Thursday, brings a pregame podcast because it's that time of year kickoff is right around the corner are you a subscriber to gopowercat.com we'll sign up for an annual subscription today and get 30 percent off the price of a new subscription make sure you're on the GoPowerCat team we're doing things like no one else is doing and i think uh, it's an awful lot of fun we'll talk to you real soon with the powercat podcast
0: Power Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street
3: Publishing.